1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: The Federal Reserve and its policies have had a significant impact on financial markets. Right now, even more than ever. So what will the Fed do next? And how to play their move? I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. Let's bring on a former Fed official and one of the country's most respected Fed watchers, David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors out of Denver and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, always great to have you on the Gains Podcast. How you doing?
2: Doing fine,
0: thank you. So, David, the Fed has been a key component to a lot of the recent stock market volatility. And being someone who has been and watched the Fed for many years now, explain the setup here. Uh, what has led to all of this?
2: Well, I think the important thing to note after all of those years of trying to anticipate Fed policy moves, is that uh, the the key decision maker on the Fed is the Fed chairman. Um, Sometimes other uh, Fed officials, including some of the 12 district bank presidents, uh, perhaps make the loudest speeches. But One always has to fall back on the reality that when it comes down to the key policy decision that every one of those eight scheduled Federal Reserve meetings each year, it's the Fed chairman, in this case, Jay Powell, who makes the key decision and will have a profound effect on how the market behaves over the next six to 12 months.
0: We were seeing a ton of inflation, and I think... It's important for people to realize that runaway inflation is worse than any recession you could even think of. So so explain the, why the Fed has gotten so aggressive here and why they're willing to even potentially throw the economy in a bit of a recession to get control of this inflation because the other side of it, out of control, inflation ruins nations.
2: Well, I think the direct answer to that excellent question is Chairman Powell's own words. Um, I think in a couple of his post-meeting press conferences made the following declaration, which actually somewhat surprised me. He said, without price stability, the economy does not work. I can't remember a more direct and powerful statement by the Fed chairman. What he's saying, in effect, is if I don't get on top of this inflation issue, we're going to have an economy that just simply won't function appropriately. Um, That's just about the strongest statement I've ever heard a Fed chairman make about inflation. And remember, Fed Chairman Powell was very slow to recognize uh, the kind of inflation we're seeing. He kept thinking it was transitory. Calling
0: it that for months
2: calling it that for months and, and and really, I think, totally shocked by the fact that we're in the vicinity of 8% on the consumer price index. Now I see estimates now that even October's consumer price index is going to stay in that vicinity, up 8% on a year-over-year basis. Um, I think the Fed Sherman was shocked by this and finally came to the realization that unless the Fed fights that inflation and keeps at it until the job is done. That's a very important point. That's sort of a Paul volcker um is, I don't know if that's the correct terminology, but that's a Paul Volcker reality, we can say. Uh, you know, going back in history, Paul Volcker became famous in fighting inflation at about the same pace as we see now. 40 years ago, and um, he kept at it till the job was done. Another Fed chairman, Arthur Burns, who has sort of been thrown on the dustbin of history, uh, did not keep at it till the job was done because he succumbed to political pressure by then-President Nixon. So uh, we can see over history uh, the Fed chairman who get an A-plus in terms of a grade and uh, the ones who get in my view, at least uh, at best a C-minus in the case of Arthur Burns.
0: And how do we know when the job is done? What Because, again, the Fed moves. It takes some time as well. So kind of explain that time that it takes for policy to actually take hold, and how do you know when, when it is done?
2: Well, first of all, there's uh, historically a lag in Fed policy of maybe – as much as 12 months a bit between the time when the fed changes policy and the economy is affected um Milton Friedman the famous economist um talked about a long and variable lag in fed policy the direct answer to your excellent question is we don't know exactly in this in the current circumstances what that time frame is i think it may be shorter in this high-tech world of finance uh, in which communications are instant um, and the markets respond immediately to even a hint that the Fed may be changing policy. But the reality is we don't know. We also don't know exactly what that terminal rate is um, that the Fed will have to get to in order to uh, slow the economy enough to bring inflation down. I think it may be up in the five to six percent territory I've been thinking about it based on anticipating your call and um and that's gonna mean that the Fed has to keep at it till the job is done with uh, several more tightening moves, and then they have to keep the target federal funds rate at that terminal level of let's say five to six percent um you know, maybe for another 12 months. So we're probably talking about all of next year in which rates are going to move up early in the year and then stay high for the rest of the year. I think the stock and bond markets are hoping for something much better than that, Um, maybe something like a pivot or a pause by the Fed. But In my view, that hope springs eternal, and uh, the markets aren't simply going to get what they want in terms of the Fed giving up this fight against inflation.
0: We've seen several times over the last couple months investors being convinced that the Fed is close to being done, and you would see markets. Rally only to later peter out when the realization that uh, the Fed's going to see this through.
2: Well, I, you're leading to something extremely important. Uh, we just have never seen a market as fundamentally overvalued. A stock market is fundamentally overvalued, particularly in the technology sector, as our market was following a decade of free money coming out of the great credit crisis of. 2007 to 2009 and continuing until the pandemic, we basically saw credit as cheap as it ever was. We saw interest rates close to zero. And just imagine a young stock trader who spent his entire career with basically free credit and the ability to make money by you know what do we say? Throwing a dart at a board, basically, and uh, and that group um, I think have become indignant. They say the Fed simply has to pivot toward easier money soon. We just can't take this. Well, the answer is if you look back historically, we go through many periods in which the markets are overvalued because the Fed has maintained easy money. And then suddenly, when the Fed has to tighten to find inflation, the stock market goes down. And I just think that many in the stock market could not believe that the Fed was going to stick with it in this case. And we have to admit that Chairman Powell was slow on the trigger, um, once again, thinking initially inflation was transitory, when in fact it's, is persistent and threatens to become built into the economy.
0: As you mentioned, the Fed's going to be at this for a while now. We're going to talk markets' reaction, maybe how to play this when we get back from a quick break. But hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. If that's an option for you, I've been told that's podcast gold. Uh, thanks in advance for the uh, solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gaines episode drops, we drop Gaines episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back with David Jones after the break. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: All right, back with David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors out of Denver, author of the book, Understanding central banking, uh, David, you were, you know, as we were heading into break, kind of indicating that uh, the Fed's going to uh, be at this for a while and 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 have to continue to keep rates elevated. Uh, just wanted to see how this all plays out for investors. What areas of the market? Um, you know, we've talked about how growth uh, with with the easy money. Growth had taken off and become very overvalued. That's reigned in quite a bit. But just kind of wanted to talk about the play here and get your take on that.
2: Well, I think we have to recognize that rising interest rates are tough on the stock market, particularly on the high flying, high tech stocks. Um, we we do still have a technological revolution which is profound for our economy and and will persist, but. I think we have to recognize when you're valuing tech stocks looking ahead that the present discounted value of those stocks depends on interest rates. And when interest rates are going up, that present discounted value of tech stocks, among other stocks, is going down. And uh, we just have to readjust that reality um, in terms of anticipating where things are headed. I think critical to the future is how this economy is going to behave. Um, there's been all kinds of speculation that we're already in a recession. I think it's kind of a weird one if we are, are in one right now to, to be sure that standard definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. And we got that in the first and second quarters of this year. But uh, we still but we had a extremely tight and strong labor market, which was not usually the case. And consumer demand seemed to persist during this period, Um, and uh, particularly for travel and services. Um, And so uh, it's been an unusual situation. I would simply call it stagflation, a situation of rising inflation and growth that is below the sustainable growth pace of the economy. But I do think if the Fed has to go to 5 to 6% on interest rates and keep them there for a significant period, we could be looking at an old-fashioned recession, a significant decline in economic activity lasting for more than a few months uh, sometime next year. So uh, I think that may be the uh, process that we must go through in order to finally wring inflation out of the economy.
0: In these situations, where do investors get cover? I mean, we obviously know that high growth uh, is probably not the sweet spot in these kind of situations. Are there sectors? I mean, we often hear about healthcare, energy. Uh, are, are there areas of the market that you can get some kind of uh, cover
2: well, you just named two of them and um and you can find defensive stocks um in areas like you just mentioned uh, but the reality to me is that um when you start to get into higher interest rates you I would look more directly at the treasury market and particularly that short term end maybe a two year treasury security which uh, can earn you significantly above 4% if you buy that security and hold it to maturity and uh it may be that uh, the best defense in in a market like this for at least a while is um our fixed income sec- the, the short term end of the fixed income securities market
0: which is v- actually very secure. I mean, Treasury Treasuries don't come with, with a ton of risk. I mean, they're different than stocks, obviously. That's been an area where investors couldn't get any yields. So even though they were super safe, you just weren't getting any returns. Now you're getting some pretty safe returns, and you're not even in the stock market. You're, you're buying Treasuries. So that is one of the silver linings here. And I want you to kind of just pick up on that a little bit is – for savers, this is actually kind of a good situation.
2: That's exactly right. And remember, during that decade of virtually zero interest rates, savers were given a very bad deal. They were getting almost nothing on their savings. Now they have a chance to do better.
0: Your savings account or even going to treasuries, it, you just you, you you didn't get enough yield to may, even make it worth it. And and, and, exactly. and that was at a time when inflation was was raging. Now inflation's coming back. Another thing you had had talked about a little bit was the labor market. The labor market's a big factor in all of this as well. Explain the labor component to all of this.
2: Well, if you look back in history once again, and look at examples where the Fed had to tighten credit in order to reduce inflation, you always have a situation where you cannot bring inflation down until the unemployment rate goes up, so you have what economists would call an inverse relationship between inflation and the um and 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 the typical unemployment rate um, so in order to get inflation to start to come down, we may need to see that spectacularly good unemployment rate, which is still hovering around 3.5 percent, a 50-year low, um, we may have to see that move back up. Um, It's very hard to say how much in the current circumstances, but uh, it just struck me at one point when I was thinking about this that, you know, you may be looking at twin fives, uh, a 5 percent unemployment rate and a 5 percent Fed target for the federal funds rate. Um, isn't the, aren't those the, more they, normal
0: levels though, David? If you look across the economy historically, aren't some of the levels you just mentioned there? Isn't that a little bit more realistic of, of or more normal? I know not as of late because we've had free money flow and the unemployment rate is 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 low right now but historically how's that stack up
2: That's a very astute observation on your part. That's exactly correct. A 5% unemployment rate and a 5% federal nominal federal funds rate target is 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 certainly not out of the ballpark if we look back historically. So uh I'm not talking about the end of the world but but it is for again for that young trader who knew nothing but you know, a virtually zero interest rate and uh, a fantastically strong stock market uh, and a unemployment rate that did reach three and a half percent, a 50 year low. Um, that is a different world for that young trader. And that's one of the reason that at times we see the stock market panicking.
0: It seems that, uh, you know, your call is kind of a wait and see, take advantage of some of those low-risk yields that the treasuries are offering. Um, when things start to turn around and poise to uh, improve, what signs do you look for?
2: Well, the key is clear and convincing evidence. I'm using the Fed's words now that inflation is starting to come down. Um, and I think we'll see that perhaps after we reach Let's say I don't want to give precise forecasts. That's really dangerous, unless you ha- you ha- you'll you you have to erase any of my precise <laughs> forecasts. Um, no, but, we'll, um, we'll
0: keep it pretty general because... Uh,
2: let's just don't tell anybody, okay? Fair enough. <laughs> um, I-, I think it would not be out of the question that the Fed could give us, as we look ahead to the next Fed meeting in December, another rate hike, but it, pr- it could be 50 basis points or a half a percentage point instead of those 475 basis points or three-quarters of a percentage point that we've seen in recent months. Um, so let's say December gives us – there's there's a meeting in uh, December 13, 14. Let's say that they give us another 50 basis point hike, and let's say the first meeting in um, – uh, the first meeting in the new year, 2023, is going to be January 31 and February 1. So they'll get a we'll get a decision on February 1. Let's say we get another 50 basis points uh, there, and just for good measure, let's have one more in March. And if my math is correct, that would put us up into the uh, five and a quarter to five and a half percent on the federal funds break target by march of 2023 and um you know i think that's getting into the territory where the fed may have some significant effect on inflation and we may be able to sit at that level which as you noted uh very correctly is not completely out of the ballpark if we look back historically we may have to sit there for as much as the rest of next next year and then maybe finally we'll see the, the economy go through a recession, recover, and, um, and inflation come down. Um, but my point would be that it's, it could take that much to do the job.
0: We're not gonna get some real, real clarity here until we start getting into 2023. We always talk about how the stock market kinda runs ahead of reality. You know, that's why you often see sell the news. You know, the the stock market is anticipatory. If we get into the beginning of the year, January and February, and inflation starts to come down, that's maybe when the stock market starts saying, okay, we're seeing a shift, and that at least now, you know, instead of increasing, you know, the, the benchmark by 50 or 75 basis points, we're getting almost clear of it, and then we'll maintain these levels... Often is that when you would you would see the stock market start moving well ahead of time or ahead of the that things are obviously in control because the market always moves is front running.
2: That's exactly right, and that's the reality of the modern world we're in now. So, and and by the way, many people are trying to bid up the stock market right now on the basis and have been for a while betting that we're we're at the point of. Market recovery in this generally bear market for stocks, but the danger is in a bear market, beware. don't try to jump in too soon and that would be the that would be the advice I would give as we look ahead to next year.
0: They always say don't try to catch a falling knife um, That's a perfect, and, and that holds its way to say it yeah that holds really true. You know, it it still may be a while before we work through this. Now, as we wrap up today's GAINS podcast, David, what's the takeaway?
2: Well, the takeaway I would have is that while Chairman Powell has had a rocky road in not recognizing inflation when it was here in full bloom um, and calling it transitory, I think he's made some recovery in the process. and. you know, while I would not rate him at the top among Fed chairman, as a matter of fact, uh, just for this show, I've done a new rating and I'm writing a new book anyway um, on Fed chairman. And uh, Jerome Powell comes in fifth among the eight Fed chairmen since the Treasury Fed Accord of 1951. That goes back quite a ways. Um, and um he comes in five and he gets a B in my uh, professorial role. Uh he gets an eighty five. Paul Volcker gets a ninety nine. I plus. was gonna say,
0: please tell me Paul Volcker's your top
2: pick. A plus nice. ninety nine. Uh I have to tell a story quickly. Um uh, I I knew Paul Volcker, uh had met him um and um, knew him casually is the best way to say it. And one day we were at one of the Fed economic meetings, and we brushed shoulders together. And he turned to me and he said, "David, why aren't you rating me number one among Fed German? I I swear. And and for some reason, in my weaker moments, I had Mariner Eccles or somebody else in history rated above him wrongly, of course. And in my younger days, and uh, and I'll never forget him saying, "Why didn't I get rated tops?" Well, he does get rated tops. He's the one that stuck at it, brought inflation down, and so he gets the A plus. Alan Greenspan gets a ninety-three or an A, the longest serving Fed chairman. William McChesney Martin, um, he was around before you were born. He he gets a ninety one or an A minus, and Ben Bernanke gets an eighty eight or a B plus, and then we get Jerome Powell with an 85 or a solid D.
0: We were both very critical of the Fed share over the last year when he kept saying it was transitory and we we didn't either one of us agreed. And, you know, all indication was he was off. We talked about um the lack of credibility at the Fed at the time. I will give him credit and say that he has restored some of that credibility in 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 being aggressive here when he really needed to.
2: That's a perfect note to make as we come to an end of this valued conversation. Your questions were excellent and uh, hopefully we provided some answers.
0: Big thanks to David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors out of Denver, author of the book, Understanding Central Banking. And be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold, and as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops. We are back on Wednesday, and I look forward to seeing you then.
1: A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey.